I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Hey. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are back. It is episode number three. I hope we're getting better. I hope uh, everybody is enjoying our content and uh, feel free to keep emailing us. I don't think we've gotten any emails yet. Remember, it's coddan.football at gmail.com. Uh, I am Dana. This here is Cody. Yep. We are getting kicked off here. What we, What do you got for us today, Cody? Uh, first of all, I wanted to say uh, go bagels. <laughs> Called the uh, upset of the week two weeks in a row. I got another one for you later. But on the schedule, we got uh, Eagles Cardinals post game, uh, Packers Panthers post game, um, Alvin Kamara's huge night, especially fantasy wise. Me and Dan is going to talk a little bit about uh, our fantasy year in review. Um, college football predictions, Heisman predictions. And then some game picks for bowl games in the NFL. So we're going to get started here. And we're going to dive into the Eagles versus Cardinals. Sounds good. Uh, thoughts on Dylan Hurts' second game. And the Eagles still are not out of the playoff race. I thought Dylan Hurts played a really solid game from in the pocket against the Cardinals. He did have a rushing touchdown. First uh Player in NFL history with 500 yards passing, 150 yards rushing in his first two games. Him and, him and Kyler Murray just put on a show, in my opinion, game of the game of the year. Um, just an exciting game, especially if you like mobile quarterbacks. I don't know what Lincoln Riley feeds these quarterbacks in Oklahoma, but these guys get the NFL and they can play. Any thoughts, Dan? Yeah, um, went back, watched the highlights for that game. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it was two quarterbacks putting on a show. I, I honestly can't believe the Eagles didn't pull the victory out considering they had won the turnover margin by three, forcing two fumbles and getting a pick. Um, you know, to me that leads to some bad coaching and decision-making. It really had nothing to do with Hurts' play. In fact, if you run down the stats, Hurts versus Murray – Hertz had a little lower completion percentage. He was 24 for 44, 338 yards, three touchdowns. No picks, though. Had 63 rushing yards on only 11 attempts and a rushing touchdown. Uh, then you got Murray, a little more efficient, um, a little more yards, 27 for 36, 406 yards. Also three touchdowns passing, but threw a pick. Uh, also ran for a score as well uh on much, much or many more running attempts though i think he had like 16 rushing attempts um so you know comparing the two it's uh it's kind of apples to oranges it's pick your poison they both had an excellent game i'd rather go with hurts and the no interceptions for sure um if i had to pick the stat line of one of those two players to win a game i think Hertz is kind of playing how Carson Wentz should have been playing, you know, when you think about who the Eagles have and kind of like we touched on last week, 
Um, the big thing, the big difference between he and Wentz is just the fact that Hertz is a little more athletic and runs more. It gives the team a whole nother dimension. Um, I, back to what I said about the turnovers, I, I think that well, something's Hertz wrong. Also, Hertz also hasn't turned the ball over like Wentz was. Right, exactly. He's not. He hadn't turned the ball over, and something's wrong with the Eagles. If you're going to get three turnovers in a game, um, I was trying to look and see, did they capitalize on those turnovers? Did they get touchdowns for each one? I don't think so. I think they only got a uh, touchdown for one of them. Yeah, that's that's not good. You know, you get a turnover, you got to capitalize. You got to steal that momentum. Um, so I can't blame it all on Wentz or Hurts, obviously. He's the one who played in the game. But, you know, um, it, it makes me wonder. Was Wentz, you know, we, we kind of touched on it last week. Was Wentz thinking maybe I should play poorly on purpose? Because he wants to get traded? Maybe he, you know, gets Jalen Hurts his opportunity because he knows Hurts is decent and he wants to get traded. I don't know. I, I doubt that he did it on purpose, but maybe that thought's in the back of his head, though. You know, maybe that made him not do as well, made his, his judgment a little cloudy because he's thinking, you know, uh, I don't want to play here anymore. <laughs> I'm going to keep playing, but I don't really want to. I mean, if you have that mentality, it's going to end up getting in your subconscious and, and make you play poorly. What do you think? Uh, well, something that I feared three years ago when it towards ACL, I think might be the case. It's just not the same. You see that happen a lot. Players, um, you know, major injuries and they just... Especially ACLs. Yeah. Um, and quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Unless you're Adrian Peterson and you're not freaking human, right? <laughs> it's hard right. to come back from an ACL. Yeah, he's he's like the poster child for coming back from an ACL. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, ninety nine point nine nine percent of people are not made the way Adrian Peterson is made. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, and, and you're right. Uh. The Eagles should have won this football game, um, but uh, uh, that said, they're not out of it. My my thing is, well, Cardinals had the edge, and I I kind of got on this last week. DeAndre Hopkins monster. He he, he just he, he he's the one that caught the game winning touchdown pass, and I don't know if you saw that data, but it was just he stuck his hand up there. The ball hit it, and he just, he he didn't let go. There's no there's no <laughs> way to defend it. Yep. Um, only maybe three or four guys in the league can make that catch. And then you know you still got the living legend Fitzgerald making clutch catches. You see that touchdown catch, him falling out of the back corner of the end yep. zone. Yep. I mean, wow. Yeah. So Kyler Murray's got weapons. Man. Yes, he does. That's where the Eagles lost that game. Yeah, lack of weapons. Right. Um, but so, one thing I will say about Hurts compared to Wentz, at least Wentz this season, is Hurts kind of he 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 makes everybody better around him. Like Alshon Jeffries, all of a sudden looking like the guy we signed back three years ago. Like after disappearing, he's starting to look like if he played with Hurts for a full season, he might make a Pro Bowl. 
Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he when he caught that one wide open pass, you could tell where's his speed. It looked like he was a freaking junior high guy who just happens to be big and tall out there running super slow after he caught that well, pass. Well, the catch I was talking about was that, that catch you made as he point. was falling down. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not an easy catch to make. No, it's not an easy catch to make. And he can still high point and jump, you know. Yeah. Might not have that speed, but if you play with strengths, like you say, he could have definitely had a much better statistical season. Um, I mean, like we talked about, Hopkins and, and, and your boy in Green Bay, Adams, they're not exactly the fastest guys in the world. Nope. <laughs> I mean, but... They know how to catch the ball and run around. Mentality has a lot to do with it. Those those two guys aren't letting anybody shut them down. Although, you know, Devontae did kind of get shut down versus the Panthers, and we'll talk about that up next. I think before we wrap up on Eagles, we need to discuss the fact that, you know, they're still in it, like you mentioned. What What has to happen in order for them to actually make the playoffs, which – is so far fetched, but it's it, it's not actually as far fetched as it as it seems. As it should be. <laughs> yeah, as it definitely as it should be. You're dead last in the NFC East, dead last right now. Yet you went out and Giants lose one game, Washington loses one game. All of a sudden, you're in the playoffs. Yeah, we uh, well, Carolina would have to beat Washington tomorrow. The Giants would have to lose one of the last two games, and the Eagles have to win the last two games. By the way, I just want to say it's Dallas week, so this is a game. Whether the Eagles make the playoffs or not, I'm calling this a must win. I, I can't. I, we can't lose to Dallas. No. Nope. Yeah. We can lose to Cleveland and all these other crappy teams we've lost to this year. No. We need to sweep Dallas. I want to see you guys sweep Dallas because. You know, uh, I was happy to see the Mike McCarthy era come to an end in Green Bay, and I'm even more happy that his era in Dallas isn't working out so well because what happened with Mike McCarthy was he got complacent, he got lazy, and he quit being imaginative. The Packers that won the Super Bowl were gone. You never saw any crazy freaking trick plays come out of Mike McCarthy's playbook anymore. You never saw the creativity, the the onside kick out of nowhere. You know, what happened with all of that? Well, Mike McCarthy got lazy. He's like, this is what we have to do to win no matter what, and I'm not thinking outside the box. Guess what happened when he went to Dallas? He put all the freaking game and stuff on a quarterback's hands all over again, and they're not doing so well. And my thing was, is poor Dak Prescott hurt. Dak Prescott was balling. He was about to be MVP. And yeah. they were still losing every week. They were losing, and Dak Prescott's out there balling. I mean, it was ridiculous. And that just goes to show, you know, McCarthy's scheme can sure put up yards and points. And if you got a, a legend like Aaron Rodgers or even somebody, you know, super talented like Dak Prescott, you can put up big Big stats, but you're not winning games because you're not sticking true to a, a, like an actual game-winning format. You're not sticking to the run when you need to. You're putting the ball 
uh, in the hands of the quarterback somewhat too much. And it just kind of proves the point. Like, just because he's Aaron Rodgers and he can make a lot of awesome throws and stuff, um, sometimes it's important to stay on that run. And uh, obviously, Dallas has leaned away from that a bit too much this year. All right, I think we're going to move on. Um, Packers versus Panthers post-game. I know you got some things on your mind as far as post-game from that game. Then I'll let you go ahead and uh, say what you got to say. Yeah, sure. I like to kind of start with some of the stat line. That's my go-to, really, to start any, you know, recap. So let me pull my stat line back up. All right, so obviously watching the game, if you just watch the first half and you made the mistake of thinking, okay, Packers are going to blow this one out of the water and you left at halftime, huge mistake because second half, Panthers turned it on and Packers wet the bed. Not sure what's going on, but the stats in the first half Three touchdowns, we're up 21 to three and a half. Uh, second half, and you know, final game score ends up being 24 to six. So we let Panthers come back second half, score two touchdowns, get right back in the game, and make this a game. In fact, at one point it was 21 to 16, and Panthers were knocking on the door. So, you know, if it not be for. Uh, a forced fumble on the goal line, you know, this game could have went much worse the other way. Um, I don't think in that second half we were getting the kind of pressure on Bridgewater we had been earlier in the game. And I think that in the second half, Panthers were getting much more pressure on Rodgers than they were in the first half. Uh, it seemed like we ran the ball really well. In fact, the stats on run game for Green Bay Packers where Aaron Jones finishing with 20 attempts, 145 yards, and a touchdown. That's averaging 7.3 yards per attempt. 20 attempts is actually kind of up there for Aaron Jones, but to me, the way that game was going, it should have been more. Uh, Rodgers seemed a bit frustrated in a lot of the play calls. I'm not sure if he was changing some of the play calls or if LaFleur was calling uh, run plays and Rodgers or was calling pass plays and Rodgers was checking. You know, I'm not sure of the cat and mouse game, but you could see that Rodgers was a bit frustrated with the play calling, especially in that second half. And I'd like to think, being a quarterback who loves to throw the ball, he was frustrated because we were trying to run the ball and he kept checking out of the runs into passes. Um, we should have kept running the ball, Aaron. Because it was working. We should have kept running the ball with Jones. And, you know, I think we could have closed that game out. We gave Carolina the ball for too much time. So really, I mean, we, we pulled out the victory. I'm happy with that. And Packers can actually clinch a first round bye if they win over the Titans this upcoming week. If we play like we did with versus the Panthers, though, in the second half, uh, we're not going to win that game versus the Titans. And I think we definitely have the team and the talent to play like we did in the first half the whole game. But, you know, we got to put it together for all four quarters. And yet another game where a big-time special teams play was kind of made 
that brought the opponent back into the game versus the Packers. Uh, there was a punt late in the game. Our punter, J.K. Scott, had an amazing pinpoint, dropped the ball right on the one-yard line. Punt returner returns the punt for 20 yards. We dropped, I mean, it was a sky-high punt, great hang time, dropped it right on the one-yard line, punt returner had, you know, had to catch and try to return. And for some reason, we can't turn that into a big play as a Packers. Like, you got to smack that guy right on the one-yard line, make him fumble, you know, uh, make that a big play our way because it ends up being a, a big play and kind of a momentum grabber. Uh, right back towards the Panthers. It seems like that happens a lot this year. It, it's, we let teams make big play momentum grabbers, and especially on special teams. So I think come next year, if Dom Capers isn't going, uh, Sean Slocum, our special teams coordinator, needs to go at least. And then my last note on the game is, after watching the, the post-game interview with uh, Matt LaFleur and the next day interview with Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, both players or both people expressed not being happy with the, the play in the second half. And at least, I guess, they said what I wanted them to say, you know, uh, and so far this year, when they've said what I wanted them to say, they also responded the following game. So, you know, I'm hoping that bodes well and repeats versus the Titans. And I know you had some thoughts on that too, Cody. So I'm going to hand it back on over to you. Yeah, I've always been kind of critical of Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron Rodgers, the football player, but Aaron Rodgers, I guess you would call it off the field. Uh, I've always said he's I mean, when he first came on, even when they won the Super Bowl, I, uh, I love Rodgers. He's just, he's, he's, he's what you look for in a quarterback. That's why I, I loved Wentz when he came out. I was like, okay, he's got the skill set of Aaron Rodgers. Like, yes. But I said, as long as he's not arrogant like Aaron Rodgers, I'll be happy. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers has kind of backed off being as arrogant the last few years since McCarthy's been gone. Maybe McCarthy was rubbing off on I don't know. Um, but what I will say is Rodgers gained a lot of my respect back after uh, the game against the Panthers uh, post-game when, they were, when he was getting interviewed. And they just... I wanted to talk about how great the Packers have been this year and uh, how they're got the number one seed right now and they can get it locked up next week. And all he cared about was how poor his football team played in the second half against the Carolina Panthers. That's all he kept saying. So I think he gained a lot of respect back for that because I feel like the old Aaron Rodgers would not have done that. I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have no proof of that, but that's just how I feel that Aaron Rodgers used to be, you know, before LaFleur showed up in Green Bay. I agree. It definitely seems like LaFleur has sparked a little bit of 
humbleness in Rodgers. Now I can't give all the credit to LaFleur because especially this offseason, Rodgers seemed to have found some inner peace. And, you know, players have been quoted all this season saying he he just looks different this year. He's got a different look in his eye. Um, And obviously I think his play has, you know, reflected that. Um, but we touched on that last episode, so uh, I'm happy that the Packers pulled it out. I'm ready to, to move on to our next topic here, if you are. I just want to add one more thing on that. Um, I'm happy that Rodgers has gotten humbled. Whoever has humbled him, somebody has, whether it's somebody on the outside world or one of his coaches or whatever, it doesn't matter. Probably a combination of a lot of people, you know. Um, I'm happy about that because, like, when I was younger, before Aaron Rodgers was quarterback, far was quarterback. I mean, Green Bay was my second favorite team. If they weren't playing the Eagles, I was going for Green Bay. But uh, since Aaron Rodgers became this arrogant guy, I had stopped going for Green Bay. Well, now I find myself going for him a little bit more often. But uh, let's get on to the next topic. Mr. Alvin Kamara, huge night. Last night against the Minnesota Vikings, six touchdown runs. I'm not sure what the actual stats were. The only thing that really matters is six touchdowns. I was shocked. Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns. I see it. And you know, as you told me that was Derrick Henry, oh, I believe that every day of the week. I kind of see Alvin Kamara as more of a more of a receiving threat than he is really rushing, kind of like a Christian McCaffrey. He's kind of, he's more similar to him than like a Derrick Henry who's going to power at the goal line for all these touchdowns. But, I mean, he did it. I mean, a lot of them touchdowns were goal line touchdowns. They weren't, a lot of them weren't, you know, long runs or nothing. You got anything on that, Dana? Yeah, I wanted to build off of it just with that stat line you were looking for. Uh, Only 22 attempts. 155 yards on the ground and six touchdowns. Average seven yards per carry. Oh, I, I heard a thing on the news, but I forget the name. Uh, essentially, he tied an NFL record, though. Um, hasn't been six rushing touchdowns by a player in a game for uh, as long as I can remember. Yeah, it was like back in 66 or something like that. Yeah. So before I was even born, you or I, actually. Right. Um, just amazing to come out, you know, and he also had three receptions for 17 yards. I mean, that's not a ton, but, uh, he, he definitely has been and is a threat out of the backfield as well, Elvin Kamara. Uh, it's just, he had a night, you know, and he's that talented. And what's funny is. I put Elvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook on, like, the same level in terms of talent. But, you know, they just basically faced each other. Uh, and right now, Kamara came out on top. Maybe one day down the road, Dalvin Cook, get, Dalvin Cook will get some redemption. I'll, I'll take Dalvin Cook every day of the week, twice on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. Well, I, I got one more thing. All right. Alvin Kamara. I also see the stat line last night. He has the third most points ever in a, I guess, in a game as far as fantasy goes on championship weekend. Nice. 
And uh, the guy, the guy ahead of him, I think was the was the other guy that scored six touchdowns. And then ahead of him was Jerry Rice in '95. I don't know. He, I think he had seven touchdowns or something like that. Anyways, uh, fantasy football year in review. Uh, me and Dan are in two leagues together. He's got a league. I got a league. Um, do you know, Dana, what our record is against each other this year in your league? In my league? Yeah. Uh, I can find out. I can tell you. Two and two. Two and two. And Mr. Alan Kamara might have screwed me, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but um, have you ever looked at our comparisons? Uh, nope. I did the other day. Um, although you, you've been playing in Yahoo longer. Um, I've only been playing in Yahoo since 17. But we have we have almost identical winning percentage. <laughs> um, identical trophies won. I, I th- I th- you might have one more trophy won than me. Um, you played a lot more leagues than I have. Uh, I only, only have two or three. So... Yeah, it looks like we've both reached what's called platinum level as a uh, Yahoo fantasy player and fantasy football especially. So top level is platinum times two. Uh, and we're both currently on pl- regular platinum. And I, I think that we're both definitely on track to make it. Oh, no, it looks like there's a, a diamond level. So I actually reached Diamond last year in 2019 for a short period of time. And basically when you reach these levels, it's based off of, you know, your stats, wins, losses, uh, stuff like that. Trophies. I got four first place trophies, five second place trophies, and three third place trophies. So if I go back... And pull up your team, Cody, trophies, four first place trophies, one second, and zero third. So you've been playing less, and you got almost as many first place trophies as me already. So Cody's uh, definitely doing pretty good. I'm all about winning championships. <laughs> and uh, This year, 2020, you've really shot your level up to, to that platinum. And looks like you know you and I might both be diamond next year. Yeah, both uh, both of the leagues this year I won ten plus games. Yep. <clears throat> I had, I had a pretty good season this year. So in my league, we are facing in the championship. Um, I'm projected with eighty nine percent chance of winning currently, but that's just because Alvin Kamara. I've only got one player who's played so far and so have you and Alvin Kamara just destroyed his stats so um, you know hopefully I win but it's not impossible that I won't and then in your league uh, I'm actually I got knocked off last week 
by some BS, in my opinion, but... <laughs> that BS would be Jerry Connors. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to, you know, this is my fault. It happens in fantasy football, but I forgot to take out a couple players who were out. And they didn't play, and therefore I ended up losing that game. Um, but I'm playing for third place, and I'm projected to destroy uh, the fourth place team. <laughs> yep. So, anything else on the fantasy football? Are you in any other leagues this year? Um, just the other one that you're in with, with me. Normally, I do. I have this page league I'm in, too, but with COVID, they, they canceled it. Okay. Which is kind of cool because I won it last year, so by virtual, you know, disqualification, I'm still the champion. <laughs> and I, and it, it, it's honestly, it's a great story because... Like, I drafted, when I drafted, I drafted guys that, that were, I drafted a whole bunch of guys that were in holdouts. But I knew, like, these guys were going to come back. And by the time the playoffs come, if I make the playoffs, my team's going to be on a tear. I was right. I won that as an eight seed with a losing record. I had five wins that season, made the playoffs, and I just ran right through everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> and I won, what was it, 450 bucks, I think? Oh, people were pissed. They were pissed. I'm sure they <laughs> Yeah, I was in a one-paid league this year, and <coughs> my team ended up, I'm 7-7 seven and seven right now. Um, last week, I was in the semifinals. Uh, the only team I had left, I had 10 points to, to win, and I had... Steelers defense, and I thought they had that in the bag. Steelers defense has been putting up good fantasy numbers this year. They were playing a shitty team, and then they shit the bed. So, therefore, I'm now playing for third place in my paid league. Well, if you just would have listened to your cousin when I told you the Bengals were going to upset the Steelers <laughs> and put in a different defense, hey, man, you might have won that baby. I'm going to have to start listening to you more often. <laughs> All right, what's next on the agenda? Uh, what's next is uh, college football. I don't know, predictions and, um, you know, we can talk about matchups or whatever. I uh, There's a lot of shit talking about Ohio State. Um, Clemson and, and, you know, SEC fans, that and the other. And, you know... I know Clemson whooped our ass a few years ago. Then last year they barely got by us. I, I and, and Justin Fields, you know, I believe he played better last year than he has so far this year. But I, I think I think Ohio State's gonna shock people. I, I really do. I think Ohio State's gonna surprise people. Because a lot of people are saying stuff and I know Ryan Day pretty good. Uh, he's gonna use that for both of material. I, I I think Ohio State will be ready for Clemson come January first, and then Notre Dame. I think it's gonna be crushed by Alabama. I just think, and a lot of people are worried about Ohio State because you know the, uh, Clemson whooped on Notre Dame. I just think Notre Dame was overrated. I just don't. I don't think they were that good from the get go. I don't think they were a playoff team from the get go. Um, 
That's my opinion. We'll find out. But uh, I do think they're overmatched by Alabama. Thoughts, Dan? Uh, I definitely agree on <clears throat> Alabama Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame didn't even look like they had any business trying to hang with Clemson. Uh, and we all know, I mean, Alabama's undefeated. We all know their track record in bowl games or in the playoffs. Um, Notre Dame, I, I was wrong, you know. I thought they were going to beat Clemson again, and they had no business playing Clemson. It, it seemed like they couldn't hang in the least. So, you know, unless they magically take some, some steroids or something, <laughs> I don't see them being able to hang with Alabama. And I am scared in terms of the Ohio State-Clemson game because of the way Clemson played versus Notre Dame, uh, just like you had mentioned. you know, I would love to believe that Ohio State's going to come and pull this one out of the bag, but the biggest thing that scares me is just their lack of experience. Um, you and I had talked actually before the show that Ohio State hasn't put together a complete game yet this year. And that, to me, is like when you think about how football works, how players always say you have to practice how you play. You know, like just all of a sudden, Ohio State pulling a complete game out of their ass versus Clemson, one of the best teams as we know. It, it just seems a little far-fetched. But I also know, like you said, Ryan Day's going to have them ready. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Oh, no. By any means. No, Clemson's too Either. good for that. Yeah. Clemson's too good and Ohio State's too good. I I just I feel like our offense is still working out some bugs. And we needed to get those games in for the experience. Uh, I think we're going to just – we're going to end up losing – because our offense isn't going to be able to put up the type of points to hang with Clemson. Uh, and you also, you also got to remember this. The last time Ohio State took the field to play a game was Big Ten Championship, and they were down 22 players. Yes. And one was the, their best receiver, uh, Chris Olave. Yes, and I hope Olave is in full force versus Clemson because it was obvious that we needed him. But – the reason or the fact that it was so obvious also makes it a little scary because now Clemson knows if we shut down Olave, who are they gonna throw to? You know? So they're gonna key in on Olave and stop in the run. And, you know, if we can't come up with more dimensional plays, you know, uh right now, unfortunately, I'm I'm thinking Clemson's winning that. If I had to make a pick, I would pick Clemson to win. And I don't want that in the least, obviously. But if I was a betting man for Vegas, I'd be picking Clemson. That's interesting. <laughs> you want to get your boys. Yeah. Like I said, between all the stuff that they're saying about Ohio State and how we don't deserve to be there. I mean, these players are hearing this shit, dude. They, Justin Fields hears Dabo telling him he don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And you also got to remember, like, I don't know if you watched that game last year, but we lost that game because Chris Olave ran the wrong route and Justin Fields ended up throwing his third interception of the year, and that was how the game ended. If Chris Olave runs the right route, that's a touchdown, we win that game. I do remember that. Um, I just, I, I believe. 
I believe that the third time's the charm. And I believe they want payback. And I believe they want it even worse now that people's telling them that they don't deserve to be there. We'll move on to uh, some Heisman talk. Who, who do you think is going to be the one Heisman? I mean, I think the top two are pretty obvious, in my opinion. It's Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence. Um, now, you could definitely argue that Mac Jones wouldn't be where he is without his top wideout, Devontae Smith. So, you know, top three, pretty solid. Uh, Kyle Trask of Florida, obviously in the talk, but I, you know, they didn't win that game. You lost three games this year, but right, you, like, you ain't winning the Heisman. So it, it to me, because there's three quarterbacks and a wide receiver, I'm kind of leaning towards the wide receiver. I'm like, wide receivers don't win Heisman too often. They never win Heisman. I know, right? It's always quarterbacks in in this era. It used to always be running backs. And, you know, uh, this era it's been a lot more quarterbacks than running backs. So I'd love to see a wide receiver win the Heisman. uh, If I had a vote in the election committee or the, the Heisman vote committee, I would be going after... You know, a wide receiver and Devontae Smith's got the numbers and the production easily to to win that bid. So, I have to mention Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Um, the reason he's not in the top four is simply because he had his worst games in his most crucial games. You know, um, three picks and one. And then in the Big Ten Championship, he threw two. Um, you know, you can't have your worst games in the most crucial game. And that's literally all I have to say about him. The other guys, you know, uh, Najee Harris out of Alabama. It's like, how the hell does Alabama have three people in the top five for Heisman? Uh, because they steamroll everybody. <laughs> It's Alabama. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's really hard to look at Alabama this year and not think they're just gonna run right through and win another freaking national championship. But you know, everybody's rooting for Ohio State because everybody loves the Cinderella story. Fun, fun, fun fact: since college football playoffs started, when Alabama's ranked number one and they're undefeated, they have never won a national title. Let's keep that going. <laughs> Uh, so, so you're picking Devontae Smith. He's my pick. And he's your pick if you had a vote. But yeah. who do you who do you think is going to actually win? Who do I think is going to actually win? Um, it really depends on their performance in the playoffs. I think it's between Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Devontae Smith. I think. Number four, uh, me and Kyle Trask is just there because, you know, because he had a good season. It's really between those top three. So, you know, I think it is a up for grabs, really, for all three of those. I'm going to just stick with who I pick that I want to win because I think he's going to be the reason that Alabama does well in the playoffs. 
More so than his quarterback. Okay. First off, I'm going to tell you what three finalists will make it to New York. Which they actually won't make it to New York because of COVID. But if it wasn't for COVID, the three guys that would make it to New York is Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Devontae Smith. Yep. Okay. If I had a vote for any of them three, I would vote Devontae Smith. So we agree so far. Um, now, if I had a vote to where I could vote for anybody I wanted, it would be Florida's tight end, Kyle Pitts. Because they were a different football team when he was on the field. I have to agree. Um, and he's in the top ten. Yeah, he is. I think he's like eight or nine or something like that. Um, in my opinion, he, he should be the highest in Trophy Woods. Now, I'll tell you who's going to win it and why they're going to win it. Mac Jones going to win it. Why? Because his team is undefeated and he's got a stud receiver out wide. And uh, that's how I see it. But if I had a vote, it'd be Kyle Pitts. I like that. Alright, uh, now it's time for some bull game picks. This is my least favorite part because, you know, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, uh, my record in games where Cody and I have been uh, in difference with each other is 4-9. and nine. So anytime I disagree with him, uh, I shouldn't. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> um, all right. First game is number 19, Louisiana versus UTSA. What date is that game? Today. Found it. Um, so Louisiana. UTSA. Looks like the Roadrunners, UTSA Roadrunners, and the Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns, this sounds sweet. <laughs> <laughs> You're picking Louisiana. Yep. Have you looked at their records? Yep. Louisiana's ranked. I'm going to go ahead and stick with uh, Louisiana, though. Because it seems like whenever I disagree with Cody, I lose. So if I agree, at least I'm not going to lose. Because we're both losing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Western Kentucky versus Georgia State. Uh, I got Georgia State on that one. I'll take Western Kentucky. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, Cure Bowl. Number 12, Coastal Carolina versus Liberty. I'll take Coastal Carolina. Yep, Coastal as well. There's a couple bowl games that happened yesterday. Uh, I'm assuming we're not going to pick those. Nope. <laughs> I can't give you the freebies here. <laughs> <laughs> Military Bowl in the 28th was canceled. Uh, here's a good one. I think the Cheez-It Bowl. 
Miami versus Oklahoma State. Yeah. Miami, oh. Florida. I'll take Miami. Hmm. Yeah, I like Miami better in that one, too. Valero, Alamo Bowl. Texas, Colorado. I actually have a lot of respect for Colorado. Um, I just feel like it being the Alamo Bowl in Texas, Texas is going to have such a, a big advantage. So you want Texas, is that what you're saying? Um, man, it's tough. Colorado hasn't played many games either. <coughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Texas. I'll go Colorado. Duke Mayo Bowl. Duke's Mayonnaise. Wake Forest, Wisconsin. Sounds like a good basketball game. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, I'm definitely going Wisconsin on this. Yeah, me too. Anytime I get a chance to stick with the Big Ten, I'm doing it. If the Big Ten has a decent team. Yeah. Uh, Trey's Perfect Music City Bowls, number 15, Iowa versus Missouri. Uh, again, going with Big Ten Team Iowa. Same here. Here's what I like. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, number six, Oklahoma versus number seven, Florida. That's a fun matchup. Jerry, you're going to love me. I'm going to pick your team. We got a, a Heisman finalist or semifinalist. And I think he's going to step up and have a big game, even though it's too late. For me, um, Kyle Pitts will not be playing in that bowl game as he is preparing for the NFL. So I'm taking Oklahoma. No fair. <laughs> what? You I know. didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Number 24, Tulsa versus Mississippi State. Um, Tulsa's got that one, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Arizona Bowl, San Jose State versus Ball State. I'm going with San Jose. San Jose's undefeated. They haven't played a full season, but they looked pretty darn good this year. Although we went against Ball State last week, and Ball State destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, actually makes it a little tougher on me. I can't pick all the same picks as you, so I'm going to go ahead and give Ball State the nod. I doubt they're going to win, but i got to try to catch up somewhere. <laughs> You're like, why would you catch up there? <laughs> AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Army versus West Virginia. I got Army. Army's been solid, um, but yeah, I I'm going Army as well. They're stronger than West Virginia. Texas Bowl, TCU, Arkansas. I gotta go TCU. Arkansas sucks this year. Same here. 
Alright, let's do games. Who are the first? Chick fil A Bowl, Chick fil A Peach Bowl, number eight Cincinnati versus number nine Georgia. Cincinnati's got it rolling, and I believe they got this. I agree. The Verbro, the RBO, Citrus Bowl, Northwestern versus Auburn, Northwestern. Northwestern all, all the way. Playoff games. Number one, Alabama versus number four, Notre Dame. I'll take Alabama. Alabama as well. Number two, Clemson versus number three, Ohio State. I got Ohio State. Oh, I don't want to do it. I'm never going to pick against my team. <laughs> Ever. So, I'm going Ohio State. But, if I were betting in Vegas, I would pick Clemson. There's a difference between voting against your team in a pick and actually betting for money. <laughs> this pick means nothing but pride for me. <laughs> uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. North Carolina State versus Kentucky. North Carolina State, Kentucky's not so not so great. I don't even know how they made it into a bowl game. <laughs> There's a few of these teams that are like that. Outback Bowl, Indiana versus Ole Miss. Uh, Big Ten, Indiana. Same here. They're the better team, anyways. Number 10, Iowa State. My bad. PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Number 10, Iowa State. Number 25, Oregon. I'll take Iowa State. I agree. Capital One Orange Bowl. Number 5, Texas A&M. Versus number 13, North Carolina. Um, A&M as well. A lot of people argue that they should have been in the playoffs. I will take the upset. North Carolina. <laughs> nope. Not happening. <laughs> Same thing about Eagle States and Bengals Steelers. Well, third time's the charm. <laughs> Alright. Next on the list. NFL games. Um... Which we have this game getting ready to start in about eight minutes. Buccaneers Lions. Um, I, the Lions aren't playing for anything. Buccaneers are, even though I think, uh, honestly, the Lions could give the Buccaneers some trouble. Buccaneers is my pick. Mine too. Warriors Cardinals. Uh, the way Kyler Murray just played, man, they really want to make the playoffs. They definitely have a good chance, so they got to keep things going. Niners have much, much less chance. I, I think they're out, actually. Uh, so I'm going Cardinals. And Dolphins Raiders. 
Dolphins are keeping it going. I like what they're doing this year. Um, the Raiders, I love Derek Carr. He's just got this grit, you know? Like, he's the perfect quarterback for the Raiders. Um, a lot of people don't like him, but I think even if they win out, can they make the playoffs? Who, the Raiders? Yeah. They're 7-7. I think there's a possibility. They'd have to make it as a wild card because obviously they're in the AFC West with the Chiefs who are... Right, yeah. I don't even think there's a a wild card chance because there's too many good wild card teams. So How many wins they got? There's seven. Browns are at 10-4. They're a wild card team. Colts are at 10-4. They're a wild card team. Potentially, uh, Dolphins are nine and five. They're potentially so. Raiders are pretty much out of it to be a potential wild card, unless you know Dolphins lose their last two games. Yeah, I'm gonna take Dolphins too. Yep. Um, Giants, Ravens. Um. I mean, it, it's really a no-brainer, at least on paper. Ravens should have this easy. I agree. Falcons, Chiefs. Uh, again, Chiefs. I agree. Browns, Jets. Browns. I agree. Pretty easy pick so far. Bears, Jags. Um, I mean, Bears better pull that one out. This is not my upset of the week, but I am going to take the Jaguars in an upset. Over the Bears? Over the Bears. No, uh, I'm going to take the Bears. Change my mind. It don't feel right. It didn't feel right. Um, Bengals, Texans. So, Bengals just coming off a big week. Both teams kind of shitty this year. I mean, what are they playing for in this game? Let's see if the Bengals can keep a little momentum going and we'll pick Bengals over Texans. Uh, Colts Steelers. I got Colts. I got Colts. Because fuck the Steelers. (laughs) Um, Broncos Chargers. Um, I mean, Herbert finally has kind of a more even matchup, so I think just his talent will be the the deciding factor. Chargers. Yeah, Chargers. Panthers, Washington football team. Um... Panthers are a team to definitely take seriously after you saw how they played the Packers. But I honestly think Washington has this, so I'm picking Washington. Even though the Eagles won't like that. (laughs) Well, um, you're right. This is a good matchup. Uh, Especially after the way Carolina played Green Bay. Um, And then... 
Um, Ex-Ohio State quarterback. Dwayne Haskins getting caught in a nightclub without a mask on. Um, I think he's in trouble. He probably just lost his starting job after he just got it back. Um, so I think there's some distractions going on there. And I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. Rams Seahawks. Now this is a fun... Whoever wins this one wins the NFC West. Pretty much. Uh, I, I gotta believe that Russell is, you know, he's going to carry his team to victory and they're going to clinch the NFC West. It's time for Russell to cook. Seahawks. Eagles. Cowboys. <laughs> I know who I'm going with, too. Uh, I don't like the Cowboys, and it's a toss-up of a game, so Eagles all the way. Okay. Titans, Packers. Well, obviously for me, it's Packers. And this is the game I've been looking forward to for quite a while because our schedule's been fairly soft. This will be, if we can beat the Titans, it will be only our second game this year winning versus a team that has a winning record. And our first game that we won was versus the Saints in week two, so that doesn't really count. <laughs> I want to see us beat uh, a big, big time team, and I think we can. Um, Packers kind of struggled last week. And this is going to be my upset of the week. And I'm taking the Titans. Packers need a wake-up call. And uh, Derrick Henry is just the man to, to, to make that wake-up call. So, yeah. Sorry to tell you that. <laughs> I don't think they need a wake-up call. They know what they're up against. Uh, I think they need a step-up call. Because <laughs> if they lose... To me, they're not going to make it anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah. That's my upset of the week. Yeah. Let's see if I can go three for three. Uh, Bills, Patriots. I think we both agree on this, Bills. Yeah, all the way. Patriots are... Out of the playoffs. Already checked. They have no hopes, so they might as well go for a better draft pick. (laughs) Well, that uh, concludes our show for today. On the goddamn football podcast. Yeah, yeah.